Her steady hand poked at him, a wicked-looking thirty-eight on a forty-five frame. "'Are you going to stand there and laugh like a jackass?' Alice said softly. "'Or are you going to shut your mouth and give me a chance?' Clagfield saw that she meant it. From the way she held the gun, she was no greenhorn. "'Sure, ma'am. I, you go on over to table six and tell Whitey I said for you to take over. What are you good at?' "'Stud or Pharaoh?' she said briskly. "'I prefer Pharaoh, however.' Well, number six is stud. That'll do nicely. She thrust the pistol back into her carpet bag, which she had beside her, and walked over to table number six. Whitey didn't believe what she said. He, too, got a look down the business end of the gun and saw Sherm's amazed nod. Whitey got up fast, and Alice Duffield sat down. A crowd of curious, eager men thronged around the table. Alice faced them coolly. "'Gents,' she said." Sit down and play some cards. You'll get treated fair. A few men slid reluctantly into place, pushed by their comrades who haw-hawed at the idea of a woman being a good car player. The game got underway. The sky, announced Alice, is the limit. It was a fair, even game. One of the men lost $108. Another one won 140 The crowd grew larger. The other saloons in town drained of their customers. Business boomed at the poker chip as the night wore on. Players left their chairs and new players sat down. But always, Alice sat there, watching the faces of the men, her own face unmoving as stone. By dawn they knew that she was square, a real gentleman gambler, if you could call a woman that. And in spite of her expressed preference for Pharaoh, they had already coined a name. Poker Alice. Shortly after sunrise, Alice approached Sherm Clagfield again. Are you satisfied? Sherm nodded rapidly. You want a job here? That's why I came. Well, you're hired. So began the career of Poker Alice in Deadwood. And now W.G. Tubbs re-enters the picture. For you see, he had been on a trip all the way down to St. Louis when Alice arrived in Deadwood and made her sensational entrance. He rode confidently into town on his moderately well-cared-for mare just before noon one day, put on fresh clothes, light trousers, a colorful vest, broad cloth coat, white shirt with flowing black tie and tall beaver hat, for the dress of the true gentleman of the tables was highly conventional, ate lunch at Mame's Cafe, and wandered over to the poker chip to let Sherm know he had returned. A game was already in progress, feral this time, with Alice handling the box. As usual, she had a large crowd of spectators around her, for the novelty of a woman gambler had not yet worn off. Mildly surprised, Tubbs approached Sherm, who stood at the bar. There was none of the pleasant, foolish conversation about how was the trip, and it was fine. Instead, Tubbs jerked a thumb at Alice. Who's that lady? Poker Alice, Sherm said, our new dealer. Immediately, a frown creased the broad forehead of Tubbs, he saw a problem. Several of the other dealers, Johnny Red Dog, Louisiana Irwin, The Count, among them, sat idle at a corner table, playing a listless game of 21. Apparently, Poker Alice was a threat to his livelihood. As if he had sensed what Tubbs was thinking, Sherm said, Yep, nobody wants to gamble with anybody but Alice. Oh, is that right? Tubbs said, irritated. Well, the fad wouldn't last. The boys would come back to George Tubbs for a fast, honest game when they got tired of this female. But the boys didn't come back. The weeks dragged on and Alice kept raking in the money. 
Tubbs played on a salary, but his self-respect grew battered and worn. Beside, the boys didn't care two hoops about him anymore. If Tubbs had two men playing with him on Saturday night, the liveliest time of the week, of course, he was lucky. Whereas Alice could never be seen, there were so many men crowded around her table. Tubbs realized that something had to be done. He found out more about Alice, and the more he found out, the greater grew his envy. She had learned to play cards, it was rumored, down in New Mexico. In fact, a body story stated that instead of spending her wedding night with her husband, Frank Duffield, a mining engineer, she spent it in the Silver City, New Mexico saloon, fascinated by the card playing. The white-eyed bride had evidently learned fast and well, studying the expressions of men's eyes when they played, the uncontrollable nervous tics that showed when they bluffed, all those mannerisms that might betray them to the wary dealer. Alice herself stated that she took up gambling as a career after Frank Duffield got blown up in a mine accident in Lake